You're listening to The Journey Podcast. Whole body care encompasses a lot of different pieces and it can be difficult to know where to start. Stay tuned to find out more. Hi, I'm Petra Brunbauer and with decades of experience with sadness, pain, anxiety and stress, I finally figured out how to leave all that behind. And this podcast shows you how to break free permanently so you can reclaim your sanity and find the self-esteem and energy to go after the life you desire. With real talk about mental health, holistic healing, and the tough journey of coming out the other end, this is The Journey Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Holistic or whole body care can mean many different things. In some instances, we understand it to mean self-care and nurturing the mind-body link. Although this is a great first step to whole body care, Dr. Alexi Silence explains the importance of adding the physical component to the mind-body concept. She is an integrative and functional medicine practitioner and utilizes blood chemistry analysis to provide her clients with the whole picture. Seeing what's going on on the inside can greatly help support whole body healing. Once the root cause has been discovered, a variety of natural and holistic approaches can help further the healing process. Especially if conventional medicine has not discovered anything wrong, Dr. Alexi can dig deeper and help her clients make sense of what their body is telling them. A customized personal health plan can then be developed to help them begin to move beyond just getting a diagnosis and into the freedom of healing. Dr. Alexi is an integrative and functional medicine practitioner and audiologist. After struggling with her own health issues for many years with no improvement from Western medicine, she ventured down the road to natural and holistic therapies. Having put lupus, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, Hashimoto's, and breast implant illness into remission, she has made it her mission to help others heal. Dr. Alexi fully believes that we have the innate ability to heal ourselves, regardless of whether one is fighting mental or physical ailments. She utilizes functional blood chemistry analysis to uncover the root cause. Here is my interview with Dr. Alexi Silence. Hi, Dr. Alexi. It's so great to have you on the podcast. I've been looking forward to getting to chat with you because healing and full body care is, of course, a super interesting topic for holistic healing. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Petra, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And like you said, I think whole body healing is really important to take someone to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. And something that maybe a few listeners are struggling with as well. So let's get started. And do you want to share a little bit about yourself and how you got to be on this path? Sure. So I've been in the healthcare industry my whole career, so about 30 years now. But probably about 20 years ago, I really started struggling with a variety of autoimmune diseases, lupus, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, Hashimoto's, you name it, I had it. And at that time, I was probably not in the best of marriages. And I may have been 
depressed of some sort. Actually, I would say I probably had a history of depression growing up. And so through my journey, Western medicine was not really helping me to reclaim my health. It was just a lot of medications to maintain the status quo, if that was even possible. And I really grew frustrated with the care. And so I decided to take back my life. And I really went down more natural and holistic therapy. So I started off very much with mindset things about really gratitude and being thankful for the things that I have. And that really improved my overall day-to-day situation. But my physical body wasn't changing. And so as I started to integrate more holistic and integrative therapies, I've put all of my autoimmune conditions into remission. But not only that, I don't struggle with depression at all anymore. And so I feel like the physical component is a missing link when someone is struggling with mental health. And so that has to be part of the package that's considered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, of course, when we think of mental distress, physical roots might not be at the forefront of what we're looking at. And can things like lab work or, you know, a kind of blood work uncover the root cause of mental distress? Do you have experience with that? Absolutely. So, when we think about the body, our vagus nerve, which is one of our largest nerves in the body, runs from the brain to the gut or some may say from the gut to the brain. And so if we are suffering from any underlying low-grade infections, food sensitivity issues, maybe leaky gut or digestive problems, all of these impact the transmission of our neural pathways through the vagus nerve. And what happens then is that we're not producing those feel-good neurotransmitters. And this can lead to a perpetual issue of really struggling with a positive mindset. And so when we start to address what's happening in the gut or through the rest of the body, a lot of times we'll find that those neurotransmitters really start to increase production and therefore Things like depression and anxiety, even some bipolar starts to even out and people are better able and equipped to deal with stresses that are impacting them. So as you mentioned, I do really like to look at lab work, but I look at lab work from a very functional standpoint. So if you go to your doctors, a lot of times your doctors will tell you your labs are normal and you still feel like crud. What I do is I use functional lab values, which allow me to dive deeper into what's really happening. It uncovers those little one-off things that may be impacting. So for example, if I look at a lab and I'm looking at the CBC with differential, which is one of the most common labs to be run, it's got your white blood cell count, red blood cells, There are things on this lab that are infection markers, neutrophils, lymphocytes, monocytes, eosinophils, and basophils. And we have certain ranges for these different immune 
cells that are being produced in response to underlying infections. And so when those are either elevated or too low, we might kind of sit back and go, what's happening? Maybe there's an underlying infection here. Maybe there's parasites as well. So for example, eosinophils or basophils would tell us that there's potentially food sensitivities, leaky gut types of things, or parasites. Whereas neutrophils will tell us if there's a bacterial infection and lymphocytes will tell us if there's a viral infection. So once I address those, if I uncover something there, I really do see that anxiety tends to decrease quite significantly. Again, depression starts to be easier to regulate. Things don't seem as stressful to whoever is struggling with their mental state. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little bit curious about the lab work because I do know quite a few people who have had their blood work done and basically were told by their doctors that the labs look normal and yet, you know, they've not felt great or even been dealing with chronic pain. So is that something that can commonly happen that the lab works look relatively normal, but yet there could still be something underlying that you can look at there? Absolutely. And that's a great point. So when you have your labs drawn, the lab that you go to is comparing your labs, the blood that was drawn from you to other people that were having their blood drawn. So typically it's a sick person being compared to a sick person not a sick person being compared to a healthy population, if that makes sense. And as our world has gotten sicker and sicker, autoimmune conditions have skyrocketed, right? Now we have long haulers COVID that doesn't always show up on lab work. So with these functional values that I like to use, what we're doing is narrowing down that window of what's normal. And essentially, we're taking that normal window back to the values of the 70s in the early 80s before heart disease and autoimmunity and autism rates were through the roof. So by narrowing these ranges down, we really can see things from a state of health versus a state of pathology. Western med waits until someone is sick, right? Until something has manifested in their body, they now have diabetes. So instead of addressing markers when they're just sort of low level and much easier to tackle, they wait until it manifests into something much more severe and significant. And then they just give you medications. Well, you know, and I know that some medications can create mental distress. They also ruin gut function. So if your gut function was already not working well, due to underlying infections or inflammation, you add in another stressor of antibiotics or different medications, and it just compounds the issue. And so I think, you know, this may be part of why people tend to get worse over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very interesting explanation. Thank you so much for that. And you touched before on the gut and I think we've spoken about the gut-brain connection on the podcast before also and how important it is in overall well-being, not just mental well-being, but overall well-being. So how do the gut and infection that you've talked about 
How do they connect to our ability to cope with stressors in general? I know you mentioned a little bit about neurotransmitters, but is there more that goes into that equation? I like to look at the body as a bucket, okay? And so our bodies can hold so much in the way of stressors, right? We can fill that bucket up. But when that bucket gets filled up, then it starts to overflow. And that's when I feel like we really lack the ability to handle these stressful things that come into our lives. So things that'll fill this bucket of our body would be illnesses. It could be emotional stress. And emotional stress can be good. It can be bad. I mean, you know, you could be going through a divorce or lose a loved one, but maybe you've also just had a baby or you're planning a wedding. Although those are good stressors, they are still stress. And when your body is constantly in a state of fight or flight, where the sympathetic nervous system is overriding the parasympathetic nervous system, things start to shut down within the body. And so it becomes less easy, less easily adapted to new stressors that are coming in. So that's when it overflows. So all these little stressors come in, we handle them fine, but then all of a sudden there's this one last stressor that just causes our bucket to overflow. And now any new stressors that come in, so, you know, there's traffic on the road and it just sets off a chain reaction of you're angry and you're upset and maybe you start to throw things or you're cussing people out. It just becomes this perpetual thing. And then you know, maybe that backs off a little bit, but you're still really at that top of the bucket. So another new stressor comes into your life. You woke up late and you're going to be rushing to get out the door for work and then everything starts to go wrong. And then again, it just compounds. And as you become frazzled trying to deal with things in life, those create new stressors. So what we want to do is really unload that bucket. Now, in my opinion, it's a lot harder to unload emotional stress. I can't change if someone I love passes away. I can't change if there's traffic in the road. So those stressors I may not have as much control over. But if I can reduce the physical stress in the body, infections, inflammation, and toxicity, then I am better able emotionally to deal with those stressors that impact me at that emotional level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And when you look at someone's blood work at their lab results, how do you go about helping someone? How do you go about you know, lowering the infection or helping them with any of the issues that you might see showing up in their blood work? Well, there's a lot of different things that I like to do. Some of that may require use of nutraceuticals. And nutraceuticals are things that help to get rid of infections, rebuild our bodies at the cellular or mitochondrial level, so really deep within the body. But I also like to address things from a diet or a lifestyle point of view. You know, exercising is really important to increase you know, those feel-good hormones, having a right diet so that you don't create further inflammation in the body. And there's not a right diet for everybody. 
but there are certain key things that we need to do with our diet to really impact our emotional health. And so we want to reduce processed foods, a lot of excess carbs and starchy things, and really focus on vegetables and protein, whole nutritious foods that are found in the perimeter of the grocery stores. We want to get out into the sun. The sun is so healing. Dehydration is another huge factor impacting our overall well-being. Most of us are chronically dehydrated and we don't even know it. So having enough fluid within our body allows the cells to work right, allows the neural pathway to transmit signals the way it should. So get outside, get sun, get moving. Don't sit and just watch TV all day. But if there are underlying infections or if your body is overwhelmed with toxins, then we need to address those either through a higher level detox program or through nutraceuticals to address cellular function and the infections within the body. Mm-hmm. And if someone comes to you with their blood work and you've looked at that and you've decided on a path of action with them, is there a place for other things outside of looking at the blood work, other methods that you might use to help someone as well at that point? Absolutely. So I integrate as well into my practice because as we talked in the beginning, I believe whole body is really important. So I do a lot of energetic techniques like quantum biofeedback. I use emotion code to see if there's any energetic blocks within the body. I like to use heart math or buteco breathing to really improve one's breathing techniques. And the more we do that, that can really help to reset our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. Uh, So I do a lot of of different things. And I think meditation is really important too, because it helps us become more grounded in the present moment and having a sense of mindfulness as we go about our day helps us not to be as overstimulated with those stressors that are coming in. Mm Yeah. Yeah. I like meditation a lot. (laughs) So that is one of my methods of choice as well. Now, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, for sure. We're talking about the meditation. Do you find that there is a meditation that works better for you? I know there's so many different meditations available. When you're working with people, do you encourage certain types of meditation? Or do you find for you personally, certain meditations work better? Yeah, it's funny that you asked that because I'm a person that's a little bit less patient. And so meditation in the beginning for me was one of those things where I couldn't really sit still and I couldn't really keep my thoughts still. And I found it to be quite challenging until I studied to become a meditation guide. And the really great, amazing woman that I studied with actually told me that sitting there and meditating is not the only way that we can meditate. We can meditate while walking. We can meditate while gardening. We can meditate while cooking. And so for myself, I find that active meditations actually work really well for myself. And so when I work 
with clients who might be very new to meditation or have a lot of anxiety. Sometimes it's quite hard to still yourself like that. And in those cases, I really love trying out the active meditations and they seem to work really well. So you can do that even while you're doing a yoga class or like I said, you can just go for a walk outside and do an active walking meditation or if there's anything else that you like doing. I mean, some people like knitting, some people like baking. You could really combine an active meditation with any of those things. And I find that really helpful <laughs> for myself. So it might be a little bit of a different spin on the traditional meditation, but I found that to be quite helpful. I love that. Part of what I build into my programs is walking five minutes, five to eight times a day with no phone, not walking the dog, not doing anything, but just walking because it allows us to calm the body down and get into that meditative state without being focused and getting into the meditative state. And I agree with you. I think a lot of people struggle with meditation. I was one of them in the beginning that I thought, I'm too busy. I've got a lot going on in my life. I can't sit and meditate. Mm -hmm. But I was a ball of stress too. Like I was, you know, easily irritated by things. <laughs> so I just find, like you said, active meditation is a great way to start to build people into meditation. And really, it's just what are you going to be consistent with? What's going to work for you so that you do it so that you can reap the benefits of meditation? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I find that once I worked with the act of meditation, then, and I calmed a bit of the stress and the anxiety, it was easier to do sort of a more still meditation as well. So I, I do think, like you said, that that's a good lead in and it's a good start for people who might be new or who might be dealing with a lot of mental distress. So that could be one good option. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I think it's important. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And do you want to explain to our listeners a little bit about your own programs and services that you offer so they could get a feel for how they could connect with you if they wanted to work with you? Sure. So I do have on my website, which is elements of wellness in the number one.com. On there, there's a link if you would like a free blood work cheat sheet guide. So it doesn't go over all of the labs that can be tested, but it goes over the basic labs and how you can take whatever results you currently have and really evaluate them at a functional level to see if there's any problems that you should be aware of. So that's my first thing that I always recommend everyone do. I am happy to dive deeper into labs. You know, I look at all of them. I go back, you know, five years. And so I look at those to track things that are changing within the body. I do have two Facebook groups. One is called Unlocking Health. And in this group, I just really help to educate on different tips and techniques and things that are often not talked about enough as far as alternative methods for healing and reclaiming your health. And then I have one for tinnitus called Taming Tinnitus. I'm an audiologist as well. And so tinnitus is a really big part of my life. And what I do find is that almost everybody with tinnitus has severe anxiety problems. And so a lot of the methods that you integrate, I do as well. So I do have programs that are online courses. 
that people can work one-on-one with me as well, or just have me delve into your labs and recommend some supplements and lifestyle changes. So I work with anything that anybody would like to do, especially in this day and age where the economy seems to be a little wonky. (laughs) I'm happy to work with anyone as far as finding something within their budgets. But I want everyone to know that you can reclaim your health back. I was suicidal for so long of my life, and I don't struggle with any of that anymore. So when you work on healing not just your physical body, but your mental body as well, that's where true healing begins. You've got to address the whole person, and your life will just change completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that importance of the whole holistic healing and the mind-body healing, so, so important to move forward from any physical or mental distresses you might be experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we will be linking to all of Dr. Alexi's offerings in the show notes as well, so be sure to check those out for all the ways that you can get in touch with her directly if you would like to check out her offerings or work with her. And this has been another incredible episode, and I really hope our listeners have enjoyed this journey into healing and whole body care as much as I have. It has been fantastic chatting with you today, Dr. Alexi. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate what you're doing and the message that you are trying to get out to your listeners. You're a beautiful soul. Thank you so much. And right back at you. I think you're doing amazing things, addressing the holistic healing aspect. So definitely keep offering what you offer. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen in. If you enjoy the journey podcast, please subscribe, share on social media and leave us a review. And be sure to get your copy of our brand new ebook called Break Free sending you love and courage and see you next week. Until then, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and the Journey blog.